0: Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this
1: podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Welcome and enjoy the show. Man, I can't can't say enough about that intro. You like it? I really like it. So, we're going to talk about invasive species again this week? Yeah. Yeah, all we right. got what, we got three more. I think this should be the last week. Yeah, this will be it. This will
1: yeah. be it. We're going to hit the two big ones today. Yep. But anyway, you want to go over uh, the week? <laughs> My week was just work.
2: Yeah, pretty much work all week and I got today.
1: A, I got a typical fishy Phil story if you want to hear it. Oh, yeah. So, we show up uh, last Sunday at... Probably about 5.30. We agreed on 6 o'clock and we both ended up getting there at like 5.30. Of course, we're both early, right? And I forget if he says, I haven't been fishing in a while or ice fishing in a while. And I'm like, oh, good. Everybody turned their phones on. It came on. early. Uh, hey, it's a good reminder, you know. But uh, so anyway, we get out on the ice. And he's, I forget if he says, oh, I haven't been ice fishing in forever or just fishing. So it's cold. It's dark. We drill some holes in a deep hole get the shanty over us and he's like ah this is nice hey i got one you know and <laughs> i'm like ah yeah beginner's luck you know blah blah blah. In like two seconds hey i got another one i think okay phil's pulling the same shit Yep, you know of the course. same shit so we caught all the crappie there's no more crappie in that like that phil has not touched
3: good you know? for
2: you
0: phil yeah It's not about how far you drop your line it's about how you wiggle your worm
1: he uh he thought he said i told him i was going to embellish it a little bit on the podcast but that's a true story he caught all the crappie you know and he did it like the first like 15 minutes and then we sat there not catching anything
0: but uh we did go ice fishing with uh My dad right after this podcast last week. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that is part of my week. Uh, Didn't catch anything. DNR was promptly there at two minutes before the actual sundown. Yeah, over
1: the intercom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, the fourth preserve is now closing. Yeah, Yeah. it was cold that night too. I don't know how to explain it, but it was cold. And then me not knowing that there was a very strict on the buzzer time frame uh i'm like throwing all my stuff together oh pat's got shit spread all over the lake my <laughs> will blown away because i asked my dad <laughs> to hold on to it and he just started running away from it so
1: pat has got stuff all over the lake
0: it's not true i had my ground blind and four stakes oh me still- and my dad our stuff was in the back
1: of the truck and we're looking out there and pat's like folding stuff up the wind's blowing things away <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah. I just wasn't prepared. Like they said, oh yeah, we're getting out of here pretty soon. I'm thinking like an hour, you yeah. know. And no, and Dad can pack up in a second because he didn't bring anything. That's true. Yeah, he, that's true. He brings his he brings his shanty on him. You know what I mean? He's just
2: <laughs> he's his own shanty.
0: He, he's got 40 inches of insulation. You know, yeah. so out there walking around. I like do want to talk about Bill. Totally
1: catfished me. I just wanted to talk about this too.
0: Totally catfish.
2: How me. did I catfish you?
1: So you were all about trying going ice fishing with me this year. Here we are down to like the last weekend, and you never once, you came up with every excuse in the book to not go. I've been working. On Sunday?
2: No. Oh, okay. I got to go grocery shopping.
1: That takes 20 minutes. You do that on the way home. I literally bought wood. I bought wood for uh, this thing. Yeah. I bought that on the way home, threw it in the, on over the shanty. It took me 20 minutes. <laughs> I bought wood to, for a whole project after ice fishing. And 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 the whole time, he's way. like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Not one time. Pat, not one time has he been on the ice this year.
2: Turn I'm, up the overtime machine. It's like I'm ready for spring. It's like six or seven weeks. Spring fishing. How
0: they that? did that to
1: us too. I've been hearing this last year. You didn't go. Now, now ice fishing. You didn't go. I mean, what is going on? You know. Oh, he was all excited about it when I brought up ice fishing. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to try that. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh,
0: I didn't think I'd like it, and I went twice, and I loved it. So. Hmm. it's something oh, okay. new, you know, wintertime
1: passes twice as fast. Yeah. I mean, it's not my passion, but it was still fun. Yeah. Right. You know, and
0: like when me and Jim caught perch, like at the exact same moment, like that was cool. That yeah. was cool.
1: Yeah. That was cool. Um, the other thing I got into this week is a kick on woodworking as you guys just saw. Oh yeah. So this really table, nice. the next is going to be a couple of bookshelves here and over there. It's going to be a couple of bookshelves next. I got to oh. see, I don't know if I'm going to build those. I was thinking about it and a sheet of plywood that I would want right now is like 70 bucks. Yeah. So, and then that's just for one sheet. So I mean, you buy a couple. I, I'm going to see. I'm going to check online and see. If, make sure I'm, I can't buy a bookshelf cheaper, and I can build one. You I thought know? wood was coming down. No. Oh, those two by the two by fours I used for that bench. Those seven, were eight bucks. Eight bucks a piece. It was yep. like seven seventy nine a piece. Really, yeah. I bought
0: them for six bucks. Probably, I
1: don't know, three months, two months ago. Oh yeah, and these were these were and this was Menards and this was, who was
0: Prime Select Menards, who was uh, usually the cheapest. You know,
1: it was like yeah, it was like seven, it was almost eight bucks. I remember that. Wow, so wood went right back up.
0: Yep. Did not know.
1: Oh, inflation's nuts. It's uh, it's through the roof right now, but uh, it's the highest like in, so far, and it's just going to keep going. Yeah. You know, um, that's all I really have for the week. Yeah, it was
2: kind of a wintry week.
1: Bill said uh, he's getting a deep freezer, so that's exciting. Yep
0: got one love one never going back
1: yeah i'm excited i'm really excited for I'm it. i'm getting one oh i did buy a cookbook this week did you i have to show you yeah okay yeah i'm going back on days the next two weeks i want to actually like cook real food yeah you know, i actually bought a couple of black angus uh steaks today that's what i want to talk about today is steaks oh okay cool i guess we'll get into the news pat we want to start with the one we're going to share me and pat for the first time ever crossed over
0: stories yeah we here. got nearly the exact same news story yeah. i've got some like. Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Michigan-specific statistics. That's a hard one to say. Michigan-specific statistics. I said it well, though, so don't mess me up here. And as Pat said last week, we're going to talk about in space
1: of VCs. uh, In space of VCs. In space of VCs. Uh, All right. uh, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to start off, and then you chime in. Mine is from... Fox six Milwaukee, Wisconsin wolf hunt not allowed. DNR announces after
0: court ruling. What do you got for that? I've got Bridge, Michigan. Uh, federal judge kills chances of Michigan wolf hunt.
1: Okay, so I mean, this is this is actually going for the lower forty-eight, but uh, announced uh, the DNR announced that the state is not authorized to implement wolf harvest season. The announced announcement follows the U.S. District Court's ruling on February tenth. Returning wolves in the lower 48 states, except the Northern Rocky Mountain region. Don't know why that's different. To the federal endangered species list. Probably because of the, the the game that they've got
0: out there is like, you know, getting decimated right now because of wolves.
1: But the Northern Rocky Mountain region. So what would that exactly be? Um, Montana, Idaho, Idaho? like Idaho.
0: Mean, okay. What is your saying? Because the Rocky Mountain. Well, mine doesn't go into any detail about the actual federal law. Mine just talks about Michigan straight up. Did you decorate your new computer already? No, this is not my new computer.
1: Oh, okay.
0: This is my pod machine. Gotcha. So go ahead. And, uh, it, uh, it, it's it's like a tablet that looks like a computer. So you buy it thinking it's a computer, but it's actually just a tablet. So since we're paralleling here, what do you got for that? Um... Mine only talks about that it was banned in 48 states, like the the designation is on 48 states. It doesn't list the 48 states or the ones it discludes, but it was just talking about Michigan in my article.
1: Um, So mine goes into talking about other implications that they're doing with this. So permits allowing lethal removal of wolves issued to landowners, farmers, whatever, uh, experiencing wolf conflicts are no longer valid. So if you have them, you can no longer use them. Uh, The department is not authorized to use lethal control as part of its conflict management. And
0: the training of dogs to track and trail wolves is not allowed. And mine just says that if a wolf is uh, preying on livestock pets or hunting dogs, the now suspended state laws allowing dog owners and farmers to remove, capture, or kill a wolf if it is preying on their animals. So they can't, they can't, you know, there's no... Like oh, there's a wolf out there coming after my dog. I'm gonna kill it. You know, I think if you were still in the self defense situation of that with your dog, I'd totally
1: yeah. Take I mean, the it's it's allowed with bears. That the, you know, it's the biggest thing when they come into that. When you when you go killing something in self defense, they have to know how far you shot it from because if you're like oh, self defense. I killed it. It was sixty yards away. Well, I was hunting. <laughs> well, well, you well. know,
0: <laughs> my article goes into um the, the fact that just because it's a federal, um, you know endangered species now again that there's no blanket statement that works for the entire country and over a third of only a third of michigan residents disapprove of a wolf hunt more than half want a wolf hunt now guess what it is in the up three quarters want a wolf hunt but then again only three percent of michigan's population lives in the up so well
1: with that too is people that live in more rural areas are going to be more for a hunt I'm not saying no to wolf hunting permanently. I'm not. But, like, the last one they screwed up. This this probably wouldn't be an issue if they didn't do what they did a year ago. That
0: right? was the only thing that irked me, and that seemed to be pretty much just to Wisconsin, you know, because there, there was some controversy there. I'm still reading that book about the Eskimo, and this guy's trailing around, you know, meeting up
1: with different Eskimo tribes that they heard of and things like that. But anyway, he's got this uh, husband and wife with him They kind of as translators and, like, workhorses. Mm-hmm. But anyway... They eat wolves in that story. They shoot wolves. They eat it. They say, ah, this time of year, they're delicious. They taste better than caribou. What? Yeah. So they eat the wolves in this. I mean, this is early 1900s. But I kind of I, I sympathized with the wife. The wife says, I'm not eating that. That's taboo. From the tribe she came from, it's taboo. I don't. I couldn't eat a dog. I yeah, just don't. I, don't,
2: I don't think I could either. I mean, unless I was, like, starving.
1: Well, they were not even still. So they he actually talked about that when he was getting to these in, inland places to meet these people. Like they had to kill dogs and eat them. They were out of food, couldn't find animals, nothing. So they shot their like the weakest dogs and ate them. And uh, my stance is
0: just appropriate management. That's it.
1: Yeah. You and know. but the biggest thing is it's, for me, hunting is food. I'm not doing it for pelt. I mean, I could buy clothes. You I never don't need seen me it. out
0: there hunting a wolf. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to hunt it.
1: I just find it on the like when they when you hear about the Indian tribe saying that it's uh you know they considered a brother i, I kind of yeah something inside yeah. me says the same thing i just man's
2: best friend yeah well I, mean, I would shoot know, a wolf
1: more, if i'm out walking my dogs and a wolf comes up and grabs one yeah i'd have no problem blowing it away i'd yeah. have no i wouldn't i wouldn't even feel bad about it you know but to go out looking for trouble mm-hmm. no it'll never be me but i'm not saying nobody i'm just saying me you right. know
0: now from the farmer's perspective if these things are on the you know federal endangered list and they're preying on your livestock. Like That is a different story. Right. But it doesn't give you a blank check to just go destroy them all.
1: Right. Um, I, I guarantee you it's probably always happened and it's going to happen. And I can't say I blame them. But if a farmer's losing his herd to wolves, wolves are going to die and they're just not going to get reported. They're just going to disappear. Yeah, they're going to get buried in the you, woods you, somewhere. Yep, you're going to bury it, whatever. So you know. that's
0: what... the they were talking to a state senator in this article and they said, now you are, this is a literal quote. You're forcing people to do things behind the scenes to become criminals. That's not management. And that's not better for the wolves either.
1: Well, the thing with that too. Okay. So here's my argument for that is, uh, problems are going to happen all year and there's just a wolf hunting season. So uh, that's a, that's kind of a cop out because what if, what if the wolves are bothering in spring, you know, the the hunting season is naturally in the fall. So, You'll thin the herd out, but if, if they're going to come eat your herd, they're going to do it any time of year, no matter whether you're hunting them or not. Right.
2: It's like they're not just only preying on your livestock in the hunting season.
1: Right. Yeah, but I'll I, be curious what they say. You're, I I I want to keep up on it because I'm curious what they're going
0: to say about deer numbers. You know, this is going to shift back and forth. There hasn't been much of a hunt in you know our states to really get you know crazy numbers out of this. So. Yeah, they weren't even talking that many. I mean, less than 100, you know. It's
1: not like it's not like we're like clearing the woods of wolves. Anyway, but of like let's say let's
0: say it's either going to be wolves or, you know, deer or, you know, western states elk. Um I would I'd probably pick the elk and then just probably manage a lar- you know, a smaller population of wolves.
1: So, if you're a wolf listening to the podcast, you are safe for now, right? <laughs> yeah. You got know, yeah, to score one for the wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves you're safe for now. You want to go next Pat or you want me to go next? Um
0: I'll go next. Go so, for it. I Indiana like we said, is uh, not not producing much outdoor news these days, but I did find a very interesting article after digging extremely deep about they have this blue plate in Indiana and it costs 40 bucks, features a bald eagle uh, near a sun. And when you when you buy this, 25 bucks of that plate um, goes to conservation. It's not really conservation, but they bought 71,000 acres with this plate over 30 years the reason this article came out is because the plate is now 30 years old this was a program that was started for them to accumulate more money to put towards public land no and, kidding yeah it's uh it's pretty legit now if something like that happened in our state that money would just get put in a different pocket yeah this is a 40
2: then, plate and five dollars goes to it's and- funny <laughs>
0: it's funny you're talking wait till you hear my
1: next article like Go ahead. What are they? Are they extremely similar? Just, just, yeah. Just go ahead. It's just funny you just said that. So,
0: I mean, I can paraphrase the whole article. It's a lot of mumble jumble, but um, I think Illinois needs a program like this, and I think it needs to be run honestly because there's very little public land in Illinois, and I feel like there's plenty of opportunities to buy public land in Illinois. Well, Illinois is also major, major farm ground. Yeah, major.
1: I mean, for the world, but states like Illinois, the world needs. You know. So, I mean, it, it's not necessarily... But it, it's not like they sold off all their woods. It's kind of like they preserved what, what was kind of useful to preserve. I mean, we have Shawnee down south. We have the state parks
0: and things like that. But, I mean, you look at how much it was just prairies and now it's farm ground. I mean, Or even, I mean, like a- another small little way for us to contribute more to conservation. And, you know, land management, deer numbers, fish numbers. I heard you
2: say stuff. honesty in Illinois in the same sentence. So, yeah. I'm
1: my turn
0: a- yeah go for it i know my indiana, my indiana article is short but so, i liked
1: it well mine's kind of short too here for illinois so this is from wired to fish.com and this is going back do you remember i talked about how they're starting to find not fine but like charge for illinois fishing tournaments yeah so the uh, article name is our fill phili- fit oh man my bad Our Illinois fishing tournament woes an indication of things to come? And this goes into a bunch of kind of like whining and laws and stuff. But let me, I could see both sides of the story for this. And so pretty much what the article is about is why are they targeting uh, anglers? And like, there's no recreational boaters. There's no kayakers. There's no jet skiers. Only Illinois. So anything more than like 10 people needs a permit and it's $25. And all the earnings have to be. It has to be 10% goes back to the state. So that, it's just funny with what, what you said. It, that just sounds like an old, like, Mayor daily type situation, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of like, mobby. It's got hey, a mobby for Yeah, you to it. It. like, hey, uh, I'll tell you what, whatever you guys make, 10% goes to me, and I'll leave you alone yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and so it just sounds like total Illinois, something Illinois would say.
0: Yeah, there's, there's big money in this tournament. Yeah, you should give me, uh, say, 10%. Yeah, you right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly that what good, it Pat. sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and you know, I practice.
1: So... With that, these guys are saying, well, everybody's going to benefit from just the tournament angler scene. So you think about it, like we would benefit. Here's I'm going to kind of give you the argument that I have. So that's pretty much what it boils down to, is they're saying, why are we the ones paying for everybody else? That's pretty much what this the article will be on there if you want to read it, It's, but it boils down to, after about 10 minutes of reading, it boils down to what I just said. And But the thing that I can see both sides of is he's right. Uh, there's no fee for these other boats. You know, like, for instance, uh, Lake Heideki, we go there. You don't charge anything for that. If you were a tournament, you would be paying for that. Like, you'd you'd be paying more than a guy than me just jump, dumping in there and keeping my keep a walleye or whatever I'm going to take for the day, you know? Right. And th- I mean,
0: think about the fuel to run a big boat for, like, water sport type stuff. You know, the, a 25 extra dollar thing to them would be nothing. People that go to fishing tournaments, they're not spending huge money on gas. True. You know what I mean? It's, it's just another... So, but then here, so let's
1: say you were to have a carnival, you would have to file for a liquor license. You'd have to file for like permits for different public ground, things like that. Right. So I can see Illinois saying, look, we just want you to pay the permit fee. The other thing too, is we want to know where you're having this. This is my own thought on this one. So I say you have to get a permit because what if they just did like a major restocking and they want, they want this lake to lay low and you're going to dump 200 anglers on this lake catching fish. Maybe you just backtracked everything that the state did for that lake. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And my daughter, she likes fish, so uh, we'll take 5% of those,
3: too.
1: (laughs) So, well, what about, like, uh, when uh, you apply for the permit and they say, no, 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 you guys can't do it there. We just stocked X amount of this and X amount of that, and it costs us $100,000, and we're trying to make that lake better, and now you guys want to put 200 boats on that water to fish it. So, permit denied. So, I kind of see the permit thing because, like, uh, I mean just in Manhattan there they they had to do that uh uh they did a labor day party and they had to go through the state for a liquor license and they had to go through you know yeah. different things so i could see a $25 permit or whatever it's going to be even 100 bucks you know and but the 10% of the earnings that is fishy. it's not like uh okay well you know then you, it's another 100 bucks out of the winnings or another right. like a fee it's a percentage where is that going and cuz they know some of these tournaments get so big it's uh I mean some of these guys win millions. Or not I don't know about millions, but say 300,000, yeah. you know. And well that's a big.
2: That's that's a know? chunk of change, 10%.
0: But in the long run we just go back to this thing where you know the more you tax the more you drive out. So less fishing tournaments are going to be inclined. But you know just, what, just the same reason why the Bulls can't get good basketball players. It's because But like
1: uh you're talking about, I hate taxes. I hate taxes, but I totally understand a permit and more to me it's more of a permit as Hey, is it okay if we drop a hundred boats on this lake? Two hundred guys are going to be out there fishing, and they're like, "No, no, we just dredged it, we just stocked it, we just did this, we just did whatever, whatever. We we added a bird sanctuary, and we don't want boats zipping around all weekend, you know. So to me, I could see a permit, you know, maybe a little more than twenty-five bucks, make it a hundred bucks. You yeah, know? but like the the
0: whole the whole 10% thing that that has a very
1: That's the part I say drop that. Yeah. If you want if you want to be more appealing to these people, drop that. That's fishy. And, and use it more at, ah, ah
0: hey. hey that's a good uh, uh, good, good analogy. bun there, yeah. bun bun. bun.
1: <laughs> but uh use it more as an application process for monitoring. Then you're going to sound a little more intelligent than a hey, uh, 25 bucks plus 10%, uh, 10% you know. Percent. Yeah, right.
0: But next year it'll be 20 <laughs> So so that, that
1: that's my like Mayor daily stuff. That is, uh, yeah, it just does, you know. Uh, I just think of some smaller lakes and some smaller rivers around here that are managed and watched. And, you know, and it's like, then you just, you get Joe Schmoe. He doesn't want to pay a fee. He doesn't want to pay his, his dues. And he's going to fish it all out. They say they try like hell to put all the fish back alive. Notice the word try. They very, yeah. You know, I tried. It floated. So I kept it and I flayed it. It was delicious. But I tried. I tried. I tried. It, <laughs> you know.
0: I mean, you know you get bad hooks stuff like that like i'm not saying like the literal hook is bad like you know you get one through the eye yeah and, the, but you just you think know. about okay so you know even let's say let's say they even had this down
1: i just thought of this right now let's say they had it down to where you did do the application and it's approved and blah 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 and they closed the lake down for you hey we got x amount of boaters showing up here if you're not in the tournament you can't fish that lake so it's like least with less pressure you know less this lake's getting less beat up that might work as an advantage for you. You know, it was just, you know, just a quick thought I had there.
0: Yeah, like you said, I get the permit thing, but the 10% feels very Illinois taxy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was just the I just thought that was an interesting thing. The guy the, the whoever wrote that's kind of whining about, "Wah, wah, wah, I don't want to pay anything." Uh, like the one good point he did bring up is we do pay to fish these tournaments. We bought a fishing license, we pay your gas tax, we pay your license plate tax, you know, blah blah blah. So we we do pay to get there. You know, you're going to – most of that you're going to have to – you're going to have anyway. You right. Know? So, but now when you – the biggest thing I think about is when they dump 100 boats on a lake, uh, what are you going to do extra? Because that is extra pressure. So, you're going to have regular Saturday pressure plus 100 boats. Right. So – Anyway,
0: I, I get that aspect of it because, yeah, I mean, you got, you got people kind of tearing up the lake, like you said. But. I, I, I look at it more as a monitoring
1: thing. No, you can't have it there because we just did that. Yeah, you know what? That lake's perfect. I'll we tell should, you what, you can't have it here, but here's a lake that's 20 miles away. You guys can have it at that one,
0: you know. We should do an Asian carp tournament where you pull them all out of the river. They do it in,
1: Bath, in Bath, Illinois. Really? Yeah. Didn't you read that when you were researching silver carp this week? Oh, you didn't do that before you walked in the house today. That's right. That's right.
0: I did research the crap out of zebra mussels, though.
1: Good. you're gonna hit I spent more time on Asian carp. <laughs> see, it works. <laughs> yeah, it, it works. Does. It's all about balance here. So, anyway, you want to move into smoking bills and Kelsey's, Kelsey's corner? By the way, I meant to mention this in the news. I'm sure you guys saw it, but yesterday we hit 10 years. Like 10 years ago, we started dating. I did see that. Saw yeah. that. In Congratulations. The news. Uh, we had it on Facebook and stuff oh what's that um but anyway she's got a special kelsey's corner you guys do have to tune in for it i just i'm hoping it's gonna be funny and light you know
2: by the way last week was the 30th podcast episode it was i don't know if we mentioned that or not but
0: i don't know if we mentioned the dirty 30
2: i saw it and was like oh this is the 30th anniversary so
1: yep yep as we're long as we got more we episodes
0: in my age i'm good
1: <laughs> we're, uh we're, we're getting we're making more and more of them you know yeah right anyway bushlight billy what do you got
2: Started the pork belly cure. Um,
1: How long did that take? You said that before.
2: It's going to be 10 days, so I'll probably have it by next weekend.
1: Okay. Are you Are going to go over the curing process? Is that what you're talking about?
2: I mean, I could talk about it briefly. It's really simple. It's just salt and pepper, and uh, you trim up your pork belly. I trimmed it up into about two and a half, three-pound sections. Um, cause you want oh, you don't
1: mean it. trimming the fat off it?
2: No, you want the fat.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay.
2: I just mean cutting it up into, like, three-pound sections and... Um, you want to be able to fit it in a Ziploc bag for storage because I'm putting it in the fridge. Gotcha. So it's just pretty much rubbing it down with uh, salt, black pepper, some sugar, and um, put it in a sealed airtight bag. Put it in the fridge. Flip it over every couple of days. You're gonna notice you put it in there dry, well obviously coated with all the, you know, the salt and the curing salt and everything, but it starts to get wet. All that moisture gets drawn out of it, so it's actually getting cured it's really easy to do it's pretty straightforward
1: yeah oh no it makes sense it makes um, sense but we're, so what were you were what were you going to talk about then steaks
2: steaks what do you got for steaks so for all two of you that follow me on instagram both i yeah both of you guys that follow me on instagram um you guys saw that i posted a t-bone steak which i thought looked just gorgeous was that not a gorgeous it, picture it was it was you so did. that was a usda prime t-bone steak that i got from burcott's
1: um, burkots there you are Burcats. Yeah, Burcats. I bought my steaks today from burcots yep
2: and uh the way I cooked it is how i've been cooking steaks lately is in a cast iron pan with butter garlic and rosemary it's the easiest it's easy it's it's you know if i'm cooking like four or five steaks then yeah I'm gonna fire up the grill
0: I don't. I dare say.
1: I dare say they're better out of the pan. No, I,
0: I'm going to disagree on that. I think grilled steak always adds a little bit of extra. I something.
1: think charcoal. Yeah, gas. I th- if it's between gas and pan fried, I don't know. I. I what are you thinking? What are I, you
2: pre- I prefer charcoal grilled steaks. But like I said, if I'm making three or four of them, then yeah, I'm going to fire up the grill. But if I'm just cooking myself a steak for dinner, I don't know, Pat. You got to try it with the. Uh, when you flip it over and you're kind of basting it with the butter and the yeah. garlic and the
0: rosemary? No, I mean, I, I've done that. Like, my camping recipe for steak is like a pan-fried one. And, yeah. and they were delicious. They're just but so there's juicy. there's just something either. about a grilled steak. And now I don't have a charcoal grill. Okay. So.
2: I get, see, I have a charcoal. I just have your plain, plain old Weber, um, which I love. But if I'm just in the, hey, I'm going to fry up a steak really quick, I'm not going to go through the great lengths of firing up the charcoal grill and getting it going. I and hear Waiting you. for it to be
1: hot. But I I will say the taste of the Northwoods for forest is you grilling burgers. It just is. Remember we had the Mondo burgers. Yeah. Okay.
0: I was just about to say this. All right. Tell the story. All right. So we go to the store and we're looking for, you know, burgers like pre-made burgers and. uh,
3: (laughs) (laughs) In 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 Illinois,
0: in Illinois, you know, we're not in Illinois specifically, but the grocery stores we're used to. You go up and get a pound of meat, and it's kind of like a flat tray, right? Yeah, right. Well, here, they put it in a very big burger shape. A burger shape. And, like, and a it's burger. a pound. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pound. So we grilled up a pound of beef each. These were three three inches thick. I mean, and every we bit of it. we were eating them. Remember, we tried the bun. It's like, just eat them. Get yeah. rid of the bun. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all sitting there, you know eating a pound of meat. Between we finished my, it. I we think. finished them all. Yep. And you got to squish the bun so much that the bun practically disappears. The Mondo burgers. And it was it, it was delicious. We
1: ate it and we all laid down. Yeah, Do we were like kind and of holding
2: good. our sides. Oh, yeah, there was a pound of beef
1: and just like we, rolling in there.
0: We had the meat farts too. We did, yeah, the, yeah, that cabin that was, was definitely a, pretty stinky. Well, then for a remember
1: while. who figured it out? I would take no. We didn't buy burgers, guys. We just bought one pound of beef. We <laughs> went
2: there. You know? We went back to the grocery store. We were looking and it was just like. uh ground beef it didn't say burger it was yeah just like right bulk ground beef
0: <laughs> we were all in our 20s too by the way this wasn't a grown-up decision <laughs> that we made so anyway what about steaks i just like what are
2: you guys' preferred cuts like we t- kind of wanted to talk about oh if methods. i had I
1: to eat one cut for the rest of my life it's gonna be a filet, filet? I, just, I love filets i know everyone's like in that whatever everything else the one thing I, I noticed is getting popular on instagram is the t- uh cowboy cut the t- cowboy is, cuts yeah.
0: yeah nice and thick like that so my staple go-to is a new york strip New York strip. okay. Uh, but the fillet will always be king. But my, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy fillets. I like.
2: Right. I like New York strips. So I've been, I I, I like you guys have preferred fillets for pretty much all my life. I've been given T-bones kind of a. I, I just,
1: there's something about them. The one thing I will say that the reason why you couldn't live on a fillet is the fat content. There's yeah, no, not they're not real lean. Yeah. I mean, but I, I could eat one pound of that and like. Not, still eat another one. Yeah. Right? Oh, like I'm just I
0: don't get that full feeling. You know? I, I don't, do don't like healthy, really though. super fatty steaks. I know that's a very controversial. No, statement. not super
1: fatty, but some fat is still people remember they trashed fat in the eighties, kinda like what they're doing with carbs now. You know? Yeah. They thought if you eat fat, you got fat. You know? I just hate that
0: like greasy lip feel you get after eating like a like a ribeye or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I agree, but fat's also flavor.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: One hundred percent. But like with the New York strip, it's a very balanced You've got your lean protein in the middle and a strip of fat on the side if you want it.
2: Right. Weren't you saying that you got some Black Angus steaks yeah. for this week? Yep. Very nice. Yep. I'm going tomorrow. They were
0: on sale at,
1: uh, at they they had a hell of a sale on the roast, the blank, Black Angus roast. Don't tell me about meat sales, Jim. So <laughs> I forget what it was. I have a problem. Five bucks a pound maybe? Does that sound right? Yeah. For, that's actually a pretty good
2: price Yeah. For, unless, for Black Angus?
1: Yeah. Wow. I didn't know I didn't know exactly how to cook it yet because that's kind of a crock pot deal, isn't it? Oh, you can do it in a crock pot or you can do it in the oven. So like, I didn't like a roast beef I or, just haven't gotten there I like I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not but I bought that cookbook yeah and so like I want to get into this you know now oh, yeah. now I'm looking into it I'm looking in electric smokers uh, wow. I might end up just going with like a pellet I don't know I haven't decided
2: I can recommend a good company
1: um yeah well, I was talking to Phil, and Phil spent somewhere, I forget if he said a million dollars or two million dollars on his, but supposedly, but he loves smoking. And it's like, everyone yeah. does this around me except for me. It's fun. So, it's exciting. I, might, I see it
0: on the Snapchat. I might, uh, yeah?
2: Yeah. And you make it, and it tastes good, and you're like, look, I did this. And you're trying to, like, show people, like, hey, try this. This is good. Mm-hmm. And people try it. Oh, yeah, that is good. Like, yeah, I did that.
0: I'm down for simplicity. It's the same reason why I don't own a charcoal grill. It's like, you know, you got to, you know. I got to go buy charcoal. Yeah, right. You got to buy propane. I get that, but um, now you got this hot thing that your dog can get into on the porch. You know what I mean? That's just true.
2: Yeah, I mean that's one reason. But
0: and propane is just so simple. And after you get your grill seasoned, it's so good. See, I'd like to get
2: a propane grill as well, just for the fear or for the sheer just. Hey, I want to cook a steak really quick, or I want to fry. That's why I love it for
0: you know know? now. But I also want charcoal. You know, so (laughs) (laughs) have you ever had grass fed beef, Bill? Um, what do you think?
2: I prefer corn-fed beef, and why? Uh, it tastes sweeter, I think, because corn is basically sugar. So everything cr- overseas, or like in Australia, and New Zealand, they brag about it is all all grass-fed, you know, beef, and it's like
0: I think it tastes better. I think, I, I get beef from Australia, but
2: yeah, I, I like uh, grass-fed. To me,
0: just it seems
1: like wild game, you know. I mean, that's what they eat. Yeah, they, I,
2: I prefer the corn-fed because I think it tastes sweeter. I think the meat has a not not like sugary, but definitely like a sweeter, fattier flavor. I think.
0: It's just like the the beef that I get is just so good yeah. and tender most often, and it's just the the fat is orange, whereas like regular beef fat is like a more of a whiter color, you yeah. know, like a tan whiter color. But the orange grass fed fat is just so good, and you could tell like it's an older animal. Like, and I'm not saying that that's better tasting, yeah. but it's just so good now as far as
2: chickens go like chickens i have to buy like dutch farms like free range cage like non-caged chickens yeah when you get
0: a chicken breast that's the size of a regular whole chicken uh oh yeah there's a problem no
2: (laughs) yeah see chickens to me chicken i'm real picky about beef not so much pork not so much but chicken it's like i can definitely tell that this thing was grown in 16 days and so i've got
0: i think six whole chickens right now would you smoke one for me yeah sure if if you're smoking something else that doesn't matter i mean oh yeah bring it on over yeah I'll, where do you where are you storing six whole chickens i got a deep freezer man you gotta
1: get one he's getting one yeah. i'm jealous I'm i gotta go <laughs> get, i gotta go get one now too kel wants one you know we're gonna get one we're gonna get one, get one. i'm going to get one before i get a smoker though so I, I,
0: I got mine purely mine was a deal but i got it for hunting season um some of Kate's family was moving out and they were selling this deep freezer. So i like, me, 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 me. Yeah, I'm kind of getting lucky
2: in this one. A uh, guy at work is upgrading his deep freezer, so he's selling me his on the cheap. So, okay, Anybody
1: listening wants to get rid of a smoker of any kind for uh, less than 50 bucks? email
0: me at whistlemissionpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, you
0: got a deal. Good if you can hear that. this podcast, you can sell me your smoker. Yeah. <laughs> Just Tell you email what, us. If, email
2: me and I'll give you $60. bucks. <laughs> do not listen to Bill. <laughs> Anyway, That's all we're just rambling. So. That's all I got for you, Jim. I'll, like I said, next week we'll be doing the pork, the the, the bacon belly. And, uh, yeah, bring me a chicken. I'll smoke it for you. See yeah. what
4: you
1: think. All right, so here is Kelsey's Corner.
4: Welcome to Kelsey's Corner.
1: Hello, Kel. You got a special one for us today.
4: I do. Hello, Mim.
1: <laughs> and uh, so why don't we just dive into it because I'm not sure how much you have to say about this.
4: All right. Well, you gave me the idea because recently we celebrated 10 years being together. Yep, feels like longer, yep. but um, <laughs>
0: feels like
1: an entire lifetime. I figured know?
4: we can give um, some tips as to what makes us being able to put up with each other for 10 years. All right. Yeah. So my first one I was thinking of. Can I start? Uh, sure. Go. I guess. Go for it.
1: So some old guys gave me this tip years ago, and it works. So men. If you don't have anybody, you want somebody, find a woman you hate and buy her a house. All right, go ahead. (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) Um,
4: My first one is have independent hobbies and support that person in their hobbies. All right. So I think that's a good one because you go hunting, fishing, um, archery, I don't know. Mim things? Mim things, I call it. And... Have I complained about any of it?
1: No, no. Yeah, so... You like your free time, though, when I do it.
4: I do like my free time, so that is, like, my hobby is, like, cleaning the house, cooking new things. That's not...
1: Cooking new things is a hobby, but cleaning a house is not a hobby.
4: No, but it's something I enjoy doing when you're not here. Like, you're not here to make a mess. I can just go to town, on the house, make nice and clean... And then it's nice. You're just like doing your own thing. I do. Yeah. Um, Running, like
1: going for hikes. Training for halves.
4: Yeah. Going for hikes and stuff. That's like my hobbies. So I think that that's important. Um, Obviously, we do things together. Like we'll go for like long hikes together and stuff like that. I
1: actually thought of a way of describing like the perfect mix of togetherness and aloneness. You want to hear it? I do. So picture the number eight. Okay. So straight up and down, right? Yeah. So at the top of the eight, the middle of the eight, and the bottom of the eight is where you and me intersect, but my life is on the right and your life is on the left. And so you, you can see the majority of the eight is doing the things we want to do, Yeah. but there's still plenty of time to intersect.
4: Which that's, I think, a good thing. Like we both were- How do you like that? I do like that. That's a very good analogy. Okay, good. Um, I think we're unique because we don't have to do everything together, um, I feel like some couples like, and that works out for them, but like, we're both very independent people. So yeah, we don't need to be
1: around each other all the time. Yeah.
4: We don't have to like talk to each other all day, like all night. If I'm busy at work and I don't text you all day, like
1: I don't think anything of it. Yeah.
4: You don't like get mad or anything. Um, so I think that that's important for us is that we both know we're independent people. We don't need like constant reassurance, but some people do need that. Some couples that works fine for. So it just depends on you as a couple. But I think having... Yeah, we were very
1: independent people before we started dating, and we remained that way for 10 years. But it
4: was good we didn't try to, like, change it, because it's like, we just can't change who we are, so... But it meshes well together.
1: Is that just the only tip you have, or you got more?
4: Oh, no, I got more. Um, Sorry, I'm distracted by Leo walking around. Um, But I think it is very important to travel together, because I think that you see how people are when they travel, um... People, I feel like if you don't travel well together, you're not going to make it forever. Because traveling's like, I don't know, kind of like annoying. The airport's annoying. We do Being travel an, well together. We do travel. That's why I mentioned it. Because we're going to a couple trips coming up. So it's like, it's a good thing we travel well together. Because if like you were like one of these airport people that have to be there like only five minutes before the plane leaves, I would be annoyed because I like to get there nice and early. So it works out because you do too. So I think that that's very important.
1: Yeah. Make sure you could travel well together. That's a good one because we do, when we go on trips, we cover some ground.
4: Yeah. And we do like to do the same things when we travel. So I think that that's important. Like we like to go see things and hike hike around and like climb. Yeah. We like to do like activities versus like if you just wanted to sit on a beach all day and I'm like, I want to go hiking. I think that that wouldn't mesh well together. So I think that that's very important. Okay. Um,
1: What else you got? (laughs) is that it
4: no it's not it i'm just trying to because i had like a mental list all day and now with you like just staring at me um i'm like all pressured but anyway um so it kind of goes along with the hobby thing um but it's more just like being supportive of the other person's hobbies so you said that yeah but it's more like okay say like i let you do it all and whatever but say I didn't, like, support your hunting and fishing. Like, say I gave you a hard time about it every time you did like it. Like Pat's girlfriend. Well, we're not supposed to mention anybody. Oh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, But, no, I, like, yes, I give you the time to do it. But wouldn't it be annoying if every time you came home from hunting, I'm like, oh, my God, you, like, I ragged you on it. So I think that that would be really annoying. Oh, um, yeah.
1: Um, the one guy at work thought it was crazy that I went hunting for that weekend with Dan and Pat. And he goes, how many times does your wife want you to call? I said, I didn't call her once all weekend. He says, there, he says he did not believe that was possible. I said, I texted her. You know, we texted back yeah. and forth a little bit, but she knows I'm out doing stuff. She's at home doing stuff and we don't need to call and yeah. talk about nothing. And I'll yeah. call her if I have something to talk about. She'll call me if she needs me, yeah. you know?
4: So I think that that's important is not giving the other person a hard time about like doing this, doing that, just being open to whatever their plans are and being like, okay, that's fine. I don't know. Fine by me, so you should support that. Um, the other thing is make time together. So I think that that's important for us because you work a ton. I've been working a lot, and every now and then we just do these Especially tiny with little me activities.
1: Working, me working swing shift, you know. Yeah,
4: so he works random, like, two weeks a day, is two weeks of nights. So it's, like, important that we find time, like, okay, tonight after my appointment, we're going to have dinner, we're going to watch the Queen movie because I like Queen, um, so I think we find time if it's here free. and there. It better be free. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to it all day. <sighs> um, but it's important to find time together. Like we both don't have a lot of shifts off. Like I'm working Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's like, oh, Thursday night after I work at the surgical center and you get home from work. So real quick. We'll with hang the, out again.
1: With the spending time thing, like making time. Yes. So just a quick little thing. When we started dating, you were still in college. Yes. And school was like your number one, number two, and number three priority. And then everything came after that. Yes. And so the only time you were able to squeeze me in for a date was on Sunday morning. I would drive from the south side all the way up to Rogers Park. Yeah. Pick you up. Take you to breakfast. We'd have breakfast for, what, 30 minutes or so?
4: Yeah, 30, 45 minutes. And then
1: I'd take you home, and then I wouldn't see you again for two more weeks. And we did that for, like, a yeah, at it least was like a, a whole sem- year. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. at least one semester it was like that.
4: Yeah, because I was really busy with just school. Nursing school kind of got takes over your life, and sometimes you don't have time to do anything. So I remember that whole semester, I remember we were just studying, 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 studying. And then when I wasn't studying, I worked at the library and I worked at Loyola as a CNA so it was just a very busy yeah busy time um, but it seemed
1: like Sunday mornings every couple of weeks we'd have time to have breakfast
4: yeah and that's kind of like our past couple of months too we've both been yeah that's what, so
1: I was going to tie that into now there's a lot of times where we only have time to have a meal together and maybe a little bit of a movie and then we got to we're off to bed again yeah one of us has got to get up early one of us has got to work late something
4: yeah. you know and it's like you gotta kind of we seem to do good at that though like We seem to like make time for each other, and then going with that is try to go on little dates, and that means something different for every couple. Like for us, like I feel like our date is grocery shopping together, Mm -hmm. Um, because like going out to dinner isn't really big for us. Going out and like yeah, we
1: never been big into fancy dinners. No, we haven't. Did a little bit in the beginning there, but then after we after a while, we realized ah, we like the little hot dog joints, greasy spoons, and and
4: that's more important to us. Is like. Our little date is like going to the nice jewel, like going to Pete's, or like doing some sort of grocery shopping together on like a Sunday night. I think that that's like our little date versus like maybe if like your date is a dinner or like a breakfast or something. But I think that doing that every so often is a good idea. So that's my other tip. That kind of ties into like making time for each other. Any more? Um, learn to put up with somebody. <laughs> Explain. You're not laughing um i know well, I, I still
1: <laughs> haven't learned to put up with you yet you're messy you're oh, slob
4: oh my goodness this man and i wake up every morning and there's socks on the floor there's socks on the couch. Ca- there's just socks well where else would you everywhere put them? like everywhere And the laundry basket's a good place to put up no um
1: i might wear them again
4: but yeah after every so often you just have to do a little give and take no one's ever perfect I don't ever have to shovel. I don't have to rake the Except roof. Except for me. And I'm like, pretty,
1: I'm, pr- I'm about as close to perfect as you can get. I don't so. know. I think
4: that we divide chores fairly equally. I don't have to mow the lawn. I don't have to rake the roof because, you know, that's what normal people do.
1: Shovel snow. Shovel
4: snow. Um, weed whack. Like, I don't have to do Le- any.
1: She doesn't have to do anything heavy or messy.
4: Heavy or messy. No. Uh, rarely do I have to take the garbage out. So that, um,
1: I, was, I don't know if you're going to hear that through the podcast, When my tractor clock just went on. Yeah,
4: I was like, oh, it must be 3 o'clock. Um, but then I do like the housework, the laundry, the cleaning, because that's I enjoy doing it, so I like my house clean.
1: Couldn't tell by looking, you know.
4: Excuse me?
1: Somebody that's bashing that you think would do a better job, um, but whatever. Coming from the person who just had his <laughs>
4: entire podcast basement vacuumed and straightened, like... You're welcome as he's looking You call looking this around. vacuumed? Yeah. I'll tell
1: you what, we're going to end it here and you're going to start this over again. Um, right? But this time I'm going to watch. Do you see
4: the watch. dog hair bundles behind you? This Take a look. Do you see any?
1: This time I'm going to watch. Exactly. Make sure no, it no, done right.
4: Because I vacuumed. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's a good idea to learn to put up with some messy habits. And just divide the chores evenly, unless you're one of those people that... Like to do it all. Like I cook for you. Like I made you two little vegetarian meals. Which I, I have would to cook say, for you,
1: but you don't eat real food, so it's like the, you have to do the cooking because you won't eat real food.
4: And you're you're just branching into cooking, so.
1: No, but like uh, you know how many times I've I've made steaks. I don't and, eat steak. Yeah, that's so. They're back to what I just started well, with.
4: Well, what did you think of the sh- the vegetarian meals? Oh, they're good. So I introduced you to. But I don't um, know why you won't eat re- that, Middle Eastern so, shmarma. So there you go.
1: But I, I eat that. Why won't you eat the? Red meat.
4: Because I haven't eaten red meat in years, and I don't feel like it, so no, thank you. Uh,
1: I, don't, I can't imagine why you'd eat any other color meat hmm. besides red. You know.
4: Um. Anyway. Anyway. anyway we're good. Yeah. Back anyway. To it.
1: You got any follow? Any last tips, or is that it?
4: No, I think that that's it. I think that that what, That's kind of what makes us so successful is we're both independent. And we learn to work together.
1: So pretty much what you're saying is find a woman you hate and buy her a house, I get don't. it over with. Oh no, you didn't say that. That's never mind.
4: No, did you mention <laughs> your project that you built for me on this podcast? By the um,
1: way? I don't know if I did or not. Go ahead, you say it.
4: So I'll post it on my Instagram when it's done. I have to do maybe one more, maybe two more coats of paint. We'll see. Um, but we have a breakfast bar and we got a bench from. I think we got it from IKEA. No, it was
1: Ashley's. We had to go Ashley's. pick it up at the warehouse too. Oh,
4: you're right. And it was like 150 bucks. Like way overpriced but anyway we were like oh this is cute and perfect well it finally broke after being used like aggressively for six up years on, yeah
1: coming up on seven
4: so i mean we really put a lot of miles on it it's been through a lot i'm sure a lot of butts have sat on yeah, it
1: it's held a lot of ass <laughs> yeah
4: it's been through a lot with us but it finally broke and we just decided it was time for an upgrade and mr woodworker over here decided to build me one so at first i was a little skeptical because i'm like oh it's gonna look bulky and weird but he did craft the perfect farmhouse bench. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Keep, I like so, the compliments.
1: Keep them coming. It
4: actually does look very good. Um, so I have stained the top and I'm painting the base of it and I'm going to put it up the stairs, hopefully Thursday when it's all dry and everything. I'll get another coat of paint on it probably later today, I hope, after my appointment. Um, and then he's going to have to build me a um, three-tier shelf thing that i went for the corner of the ramp. we're gonna
1: see about so. how that. that runs in with open water and early pike season just and started, early walleye
4: started this weekend what are you doing this weekend
1: uh ice fishing sorry
4: what do you do at night ice fishing all night long I didn't know it was open past sundown.
1: Uh, The lake we're going to is. Yeah, right. It's a little hidden. No, I found that little hidden pond. Oh, okay, And there's no, it's not regulated.
4: All right, well, whatever. So we'll see.
1: uh, Well, no, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll pencil you in right now. What do you think? Uh, Let's say January 7th.
4: That's next year.
1: Well, that's after fishing season, then after hunting oh, okay. season, and then we get, mm-hmm. then we go back into woodworking season. Yeah, no. As long as we don't have ice. He's going he's <laughs> to build
4: me something to match, but I will post the <laughs> breakfast bench on my Instagram when we put it upstairs. So it looks really good. All right. So that's it? That is it. Happy 10 years, Cal. Thanks Happy for doing this. Happy 10 years. Thanks for having me. All
1: right. So this is the last episode of Invasive Species. Then we got to talk about... We've got to figure out what we're going to talk about next week. I don't even know yet.
0: And so. we're hitting it hard this week. we got the, we got the main... Yeah, which one you wanna,
1: which one you want to talk about
0: first? Let's go with zebra mussels. We'll save the controversial c- carp for the last. Well,
1: lake. zebra mussels
0: is just as big of a deal. No, it not, isn't.
1: Not just as big, but it, it's a big deal.
0: But it's the one that you hear about the least. Right. So zebra mussels, they have a famous D shape. Um, they outcompete the already present freshwater mussels that we have. and uh, In huge numbers. In huge numbers. And the other thing, too, is that they soak up so much plankton that they actually clean the water and make it easier for predators to prey on other fish. Hmm. I did that know was that, that. that was the that was like the main kicker for me like why The was- one thing
1: I was reading I thought it was interesting about zebra mussels is like they were saying you you got to clean off your boat every time. Okay, but it's really a big deal if you're one of these guys that puts your boat in the water and uh,
0: leaves
1: it. Leaves it all season and pulls it out, but the one thing they said if you do do that, you got to check every now and then is they like to stick on the outboard motors, anything that you your, uh, your water intake for your water pump. Oh yeah. They'll cover that up. You'll burn your motor out because you got zebra mussels you didn't know. No you kidding.
2: Know?
0: Yeah, and they coat rocks. Um, they 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 coat just everything. They're and everywhere. They, they even coat the other mussels. So yep. there's just such a there's such a like a huge problem because like I'm pretty sure they reproduce faster. They clean the water. So I mean like everybody says, well clean water. No, like they clean the water of, you know the natural food that they eat like plankton. Right. You know, algae, all the garbage, you know? The other day I was ice fishing, and I
1: forget what lure I had on there, but I found I must have been right over a pile of them because when I was bottom bouncing, all of a sudden I'd be like, oop, set the hook on something. I'm like, ah, must be a weed. And I pull it up, and it's a couple of zebra mussels
0: yep. grabbed on, you know? And they're saying intake pipes, too, for like freshwater. Oh, yeah. Like from the Great lake They'll clog them up. Oh, your, your millimeter
1: things I just saw.
0: Ah, see, I'm being productive. But um, they were first discovered in the 1980s, so we can definitely say that this is still an ongoing invasive species issue. In Most space like of, in space of VCs. In invasive feces. <laughs> invasive feces. Sounds like a Harry Potter. <laughs> invasive <space of> VCs. <laughs> what about? Are you going to go into where they came from? Um, they're they they are from like um, what
1: is it like the Baltic and like the Russian, Russian? It's Russian and Ukrainian. I don't know if you guys heard about anything going on with Russia and Ukraine or Ukraine right now, but there's some. They're in the news right now. But yeah, the Caspian Sea and but yeah, they pretty much got over here on the ships from Russia
0: and the the whole ballast thing too. Like the main source is like the ballast tanks. Yep. So that's
1: uh that's what really kicked it off was the ballast thing. And uh, but they if you just about any public launch has a sign about it. I mean they're they're very serious about you cleaning your boat off and things like that. Um, I know the one when we were in Teton National. Park. There's, they got a, a bunch of the glacier lakes right there, but they had to get in. Um, they had inspection stations. Really? Yeah. From uh, the yeah, that was from. uh Was it National Forest Service, National Park Service? Anyway, they had cops sitting there inspecting your boat. Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: And the, the other thing too, like they they have like these little protein claws that stick out, and they they suck to anything, and they're hard to clean off. Yeah. So it's like if if you've got you know lazy enough people. Um, this can be a real big deal. You know? I saw
2: on, uh, on the maybe the Travel Channel or something a long time ago. They're using pressure washers to clean them off of like uh, bridge pylons and stuff because they just cling there. It's like the, a piece of concrete. Yeah, by the millions.
0: Know? I mean, if it can clean the leather off your boot, it can clean one of them. Yeah, right. It. But uh, no, the, the, it's a huge problem. And the, the predator thing is what strikes me the most is because, um, you know, the, the food chain is so delicate in a lake, right? Mm-hmm. So. You've got the plankton, which the regular mussels eat. But when you got these super invasive zebra mussels that reproduce fast, uh, they clean the water. And they make the water so clear that it's hard for regular bait fish um, to hide from predators. And, like, that's th- – to me, that's the biggest conservation takeaway, except, you know, except for, like, stuff getting covered by this stuff. But it's just, like, they're – you know, why is it that every species that we bring to the Great Lakes is such an computer? You know what I mean? Well,
1: that's what makes them that's what makes them so invasive is they come in and they thrive, you know. But I mean, for instance, like we're not even talking but like salmon, you know? Yeah. Salmon and steelhead, those are invasive. I know they're fun, but they don't belong here. Yeah. You know? They belong in the Atlantic and the Pacific and but I mean they they came here to get rid of the uh uh, I'm going to forget the name again, alewise, right? Alewise, is that how you say that? The bait fish that was polluting uh, Lake Michigan. They brought here to eat them. But, I mean, pretty much what I'm saying is, like, that's why those are here. So invasive species aren't necessarily – we're not necessarily saying bad. Now, these ones are bad. But uh, invasive species are – they could be introduced in a small number and then take over, which we'll get into here in a second. But this is a totally different uh, – kind of invasive species because we really weren't asking for these. They showed up because of shipping, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: mean, same thing like we talked about a couple times before with the, um, like, the gobies,
3: you
1: know?
0: Yep. And yeah, these
1: got in here the same
0: way the gobies did. Exactly. Yep. You know? yep. I'm just saying, but it's it's like the they're saying that the best way to do this is to control, um, you know, can't go in the water and kill them, right? So best way to do it is to control uh, with cleaning your boat and stuff like that. So, right. I know, like, the DuPage River –
1: uh, I don't know if you ran into it or not. Maybe you noticed, but like when we were waiting at this last that last year. Mm-hmm. But you hit pockets of zebra mussels. Oh yeah, it's like walking on just like a bunch of shells. Yeah, you know, like you don't. You're not even walking on ground anymore. Glass. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, munch, yeah. It's just the yeah, right. You you crunch them down in there pretty good. Yeah. You know. I wonder how long those take to like break down and decompose into nothing. Oh, I don't know because these.
1: I know a lot of them. These things are dead. There's nothing in there. But I will say, I've caught a clump of them before. I know you have. I've been oh, with you. absolutely. I've been with you when you caught them. Yeah, you, it's like, what is this? You feel like you're dragging up like a garbage bag, you know, and yeah. it's a clump of these things. They just like grabbed your lure and, yeah. Five-pound rock.
0: Do you have anything else to say about them, Pat? No, that's it. I mean, it's th- pretty simple, you know. They're
2: they're here. They're not going anywhere. Just it's your job. to control the spread.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing is it's your job to control the spread. You and know? it's just, it's it's one of those you know, it's the enemy that just kind of creeps in without you knowing it because there's not a whole lot um, that they do like as like an like an external impact. Like, uh, I mean, of course, like they are a problem, right? But I'm saying like they're not going to jump up and eat your pike that you just caught. You know right? I mean? Yeah, they're they're very hidden under the surface and they just kind of creep up
2: or jump out of the water into your boat.
0: Yeah, or yeah, or smack you in the face with,
1: <laughs> you
0: know. So moving into uh,
1: silver carp, Asian carp, whatever you want to call them. There's the one thing after researching Asian carp. Is there are four main species of the Asian carp. I don't have them in front of me, but it's like big head carp, silver carp, Ooh, uh, grass carp. I do have them in carp, front of me.
0: They're big head carp, black carp, black carp, grass carp, and of course silver carp. We're talking about silver carp here, okay? Mm-hmm. And silver
1: carp. The one thing I thought was interesting is they were for a thousand for the last thousand years they've been raising these in China. You were in China, yes? Did you eat? Did you see? Did you hear anything about silver carp?
2: No, not that anybody has told me. I'm sure I probably ate it at some point. There's a lot of, a lot of fish and yeah, a lot of fish and a lot of dinners where you don't really know what it is. But you're hungry and you're <laughs> they it said anyway. it, but you don't know <laughs> what they said. What's this fish? <laughs> All right, I guess I'll eat did it. Did you see this thing? Look it, how ugly it swims this thing water. is. Oh Look yeah,
1: the eyes are on the bottom. This almost looks like something out of the movie Piranhas. You know, <laughs> but uh, the one thing I did read is these things get up to 99 pounds. Oh yeah, they get big. 99. I know, but that's like catching uh, Nikki. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like hooking into Nikki and, you know. But uh, anyway, for a thousand years, these have been a food source in China. Yep. A thousand, but think I mean that's a a thousand years. Anyway, anyway, a thousand I can go year fish. Once I once I start, oh, I know you're going there. <laughs> uh, once I get going on years, it just amazes me. It did not amaze Cal. Like we found this petrified tree that it was 50 million years old, and I was like, I wow. went on about, but as like 50 million, that was when we were in Wyoming. And they said the Tetons was the newest mountain range because they were nine million or ten million years old. Yep. So I told Kelly, I said that tree was petrified for forty million years before these mountains were here. And yep. I just went on and on, and she's like, "Okay, I get it." And I'm like, "You're not amazed by Time the numbers, me in that, you know?" It's the, just the thing, amazing.
0: like you see people finding, like you're talking about, like the fossil where you find like the petrified wood and like it kind of looks like a rock. Yeah, yeah. But this was That's a whole insane. this. This was a redwood,
1: where redwoods aren't anymore but they said they used to be here until this volcano went off
0: and oh so it got covered up by the ash and yeah stuff and it like was that? yeah and it was petrified anyway, oh, anyway so
1: cool we're getting way off topic but uh so these things were originally introduced from i'm not even like reading it right now but I, i'm just talking i'd read about it because i was amazed so these are originally introduced down south farmers use them to clean up algae in their ponds right and Exactly, when we first started talking about this, I know I said something about it. I must have heard it somewhere. I don't think I came up with it on my own, but they said the main spread was in the 90s because these have been here since like the 80s. They said in the 90s there was major uh, floods. And in fact, the one guy I worked with, Andy, uh, he grew up hanging out on the Mississippi, and he talks about the floods in the 90s. Oh, the water came up to here. Yeah. And so I know it's a real thing because I've heard about it a few times, but- Because these, if you look at the map here, I got a map here. Take a look at this. They're all involved with the Mississippi River Basin. So all these rivers that they have a problem, anything that's close to it, all touches the Mississippi, including us. In in our area, this is the reason. So, but down here, it was uh, Louisiana. These farmers were using it. A flood took over and uh, put all these rivers together. Well, their carp got out. and. They swam north for a little bit and they repopulate. I forget what they said. Like something like, I've, to even say the number, was it was so huge. Like 50 million eggs they let out or some. Don't quote me on that. It was something huge. It was something like, wow, you know? Yeah. But so they got out in Louisiana and they swam up the Mississippi. And it started off as harmless algae cleaning, you know? Yeah. Swam up the Mississippi, repopulated huge, swam up more, repopulated, and it was huge. And their, their self-defense is like uh, jumping out of the water. Mm-hmm. They go up to nine feet, it said, out of the water. Nine feet. Wow. I've seen videos yeah.
2: of them, like, hitting people in the face when they're in, driving down the... So they out, were talking the about
1: that, the amount of injuries that have happened to boaters by this 99-pound fish flying out of the water 10 yeah. feet in the air and smacking you in the face. And when you're doing 60, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, That'll clear your sinuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway... Uh, this this big fish. It the biggest problem is it repopulates and it destroys all the environments it goes into. To them, they're thriving. This is great. The food's good. Blah blah blah. Right. You know. And the one thing, the one mitigation thing. I you know I get it. I got an idea for mitigation. I'm sure somebody talked about it and they decided it wouldn't work. But anyway, so this thing's moving up the Mississippi and now we have a threat. Once it hits the Great Lakes, all it's got to do is hit one Great Lake, Great Lake, and it's over. It's, its all it's got to do is establish a population, and it looks like our end of Lake Michigan on the very southern end would be the first one that would get it um they mocked up one somewhere I didn't read the all the research on that they mocked one at like Lake Huron maybe or if they had an established population um anyway, you have anything to add to that pet? I'm kinda of doing all the talking here
0: um well, I mean you are the silver carp guy, but uh yeah, it's I mean. Obviously, these things are a huge problem, like a huge, huge problem.
1: The biggest thing is once they establish, they take over. I remember one time, it was like 10, 12 years ago, They were somebody caught one in the Kankakee, and it was pre-spawn, and it was loaded with eggs. And it was like a, it was like a 50-pound fish or something. They cut it open. And it was like 28 pounds of eggs. It's like, what would they add? Yeah. I mean, I, I forget exactly the numbers because it was like a decade yeah. ago. But I remember reading that, and I'm thinking, thank God he caught that. But it snuck by somewhere. Anyway, the one mitigation thing I want to get into, and they started doing it here, is uh, somewhere along the Illinois, they came up with an electric barrier for these. Yep, I was going to say. And it works. So they built a permanent one. The first one they built was temporary to see if it would work. And it works. So, that, okay, well, now we're going to. So the one thing I was wondering is why don't they take. So they built the permanent one. They stopped them for now. Why don't they – but the one thing is some of these spots in the displays, all it would take is a little bit of a flood, and it would leach over into other – they can get in the DuPage, you know? Mm -hmm. And – but why don't they start building fences back? So they have a permanent barrier. Say a half mile back, they put the permanent one in. They go in, they get rid of all these, move it back a half mile. And over the next 20 years, we do that until we get it back to Louisiana, you know, is it just too cost effective? I don't know. Is it just yeah, cost too I would, much? I would imagine a cost thing would... But imagine, imagine if it they it blocked worked. it off. No more coming in or out. And so now they bring a bunch of fishermen in and a buck of fish, you know? Yeah. And you're you're netting these things. And down in Bath, Illinois, they have a tournament. They call it... It's like Hillbilly Fishing Tournament or something like that. I did yeah. a report on it once. They brought it back last year after COVID. Um, But you they actually do these things. They catch them with nets out of boats. But... Every so many years, they move it down a mile. Move it down a mile. Move it down a mile. Why wouldn't that work? You hmm. know, they have the permanent one up. You know, and just keep moving it down.
0: I guess that would be a question of like how effective are the fences? Yeah, exactly. Like, would it work? Well, the the Great Lakes aren't infected, so yeah, they yeah. work. You know, what uh, what is the one natural way they have of mitigating um, silver car? I don't know. Alligator gar. Uh, But you don't want them either. Yeah. They are some nasty critters, man. You don't want those either. They're big. I remember I caught one and I was very much, I did end up getting the jig out, but I was like, do I want the jig that bad? you know (laughs) and but then again it's still a fish but they're they're just nasty
1: man well alligator gar and gar i think are two different species of fish aren't they aren't the alligator gar the ones get eight nine feet long and yeah those are the
2: ones that are more down south i believe yeah they're
1: they're the monsters the program was between
0: tennessee and illinois so
1: okay because we have gar up here but they're i mean 24 inches is about it yeah you know we don't i want to say alligator gar I think they got the alligator part because they get you know six seven feet long.
3: They're, they're big,
0: couple hundred pounds, and scaly. But I think I'd rather have you know low numbers of alligator gar than high numbers of Asian carp. I, it doesn't sound like
1: you're going to stop it with the reproduction rates. The biggest thing is mitigating it and not getting it into the Great Lakes. They said the the Great Lakes is a seven billion dollar fishing industry that will not maybe will be ruined if the Asian carp get in there. Wow. wow. Seven, I didn't, yeah, but I mean, that's a seven billion dollar fishing industry. But I guess I'm not, I'm thinking like the charters we have around here for going out and catching salmon and lake trout and stuff. But like, uh, they were, I just did an article a couple weeks ago on the whitefish yeah, commercial, white fish and you know, that's what something should have went. We should have went and done that on Sturgeon Bay this year, yeah. But you had to go to Jewel,
0: you know, they can reach nine feet. 300 pounds alligator gar wow. yeah
1: yeah they're that's not that's not the gar i'm talking about that I, we
0: have up here but we can't we can't bow fish them so so it looks like the type that i caught was a uh, short nose gar which still had a very long nose oh yeah <laughs> but i mean do you remember how long it was uh, mine was only like
2: they look like little snakes th-
0: they are like snakes so me giving a length to make it sound like that was a huge fish but it really wasn't it was a small fish and it was probably three feet long you know.
1: oh is that long a 36 inch yeah bit? Okay, it, it, so. it was extremely long but it weighed nothing right right well they're skinny they are skinny they're like a broom handle but the one I the ones I see in the displays are uh I mean the biggest I'm telling you the biggest one I've seen them there was probably 24 inches 28 inches maybe with you know I've never caught one though
0: so I, the alligator gar have extremely sharp teeth and they actually have the shortest of the nose they it, have even a shorter than a short nose and the long nose gar I think is what's going to be more popular to like Illinois and stuff like that. They have it like, you know, extremely long nose, but the think about it, the longer the nose, the like the longer the jaw, the less clamping force. So the alligator gar are probably The gar they catch with rope lures. You ever see a rope lure?
2: Yeah, isn't it like just frayed ends and they just
1: They take a chunk of nylon rope and make it all fluffy and they make it, you know, attractive and they just get it in their velcro like teeth yep. and they just can't get him. out of it, you know? Yeah. So what about uh back to Asian car pat. What else am I missing here? Can you help me out? I think Is you a, guys should start
2: bow hunting them.
1: I, I want to. You want to? I got I got a recurve I was going to set
2: up. <laughs> I mean, I'd,
0: a recurve? You want to do with a recurve?
1: I wouldn't do it with my compound.
2: They actually mm. make, like, bow fishing bows, do so they? So the,
0: yeah, where the
1: stabilizer goes, it's like a, a spin caster. It's you, a reel. Yeah. You just plug it in there, you know. Hmm. I think it'd be cool, but yeah, it, it's real. It's a real popular thing to do with the recurve.
2: I thought I read once too that with uh, the Asian carp or silver carp that we were actually catching them and exporting them as a food source.
1: I know, it, it, and they were they went into the uh, into the food that they are in China, and like they go to restaurants and like they're they're going to order it tonight, it's and fish, it's a, it's yeah. very it's very exciting for them. They like it. For us, it's you know invasive, but that's. That's why they're starting to coin the term silver carp. They don't want you calling them Asian carp, and especially with COVID going on. And they, especially got with this,
0: negativity. I mean, yeah, it's you know. a culture. Actually, thing. I'm
1: going to look it up. What, what was sea bass? Uh, anybody remember that? Sea bass's original name? Because they had oh, a,
0: pff, Maybe black bass? Who knows? Sea bass? No, 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 no. It had a terrible name. Oh, dogs are barking. But uh, no, the, the Asian carp thing is the biggest. Pro- oh, I'm sorry. Are you ready? Patagonian toothfish. Patagonian toothfish. thats
1: what they—that's sea bass. So when you order sea bass, you're getting
0: a Patagonian toothfish. Hold on, sounds like a very toothy fish. All right, what do you got? Um, so the two the two carp that are not firmly established that are of that same Asian carp family are the black and Crucian. So and I never heard of the Crucian one. That's yeah, me neither. I mean, it's a different type of carp from that region, but hmm. uh, yeah. No, the the main reason why these are such a threat is because they reproduce at such a faster rate and they just destroy the ecosystem they eat everything they uh, outcompete all you know all of the regular north american freshwater scavengers that we already have right um, does sound like this would be a good combatant for zebra mussels but i think i'd rather have zebra mussels yeah i was reading something they do eat
1: they do eat a mussel was it zebra mussels they eat? mussels used? and snails yeah
0: so i know they yeah i guess they're
1: kind of one bale on the other but still but
0: they're bottom feeders i remember being a kid and you know you're talking to you know you're talking to dad about you know what you know what fish tastes the best and he, he would always put carp way at the bottom of the list because they're bottom
3: feeders
1: yeah, yeah. right that, that's a natural way of, but they're trying to change it because i guess man if you listen to other like fishing podcasts or read things that the supposedly the carp's actually really good at eating Catfish I'm not really sold good. on it. You know, oh, yeah. I, I had cat heard catfish.
0: that about smallmouth, and I thought the smallmouth that I ate in Hayward was like the most butteriest, good, delicious fish I've had in a long time. Of course, it was just swimming five minutes before I ate it. Yeah, but, right. <laughs> and these Asian carp look like they're built upside down. <laughs> they do,
1: don't they? <laughs> they are ugly. They and look like they're like, upside down.
0: <laughs> so I would normally say that a, you know a sturgeon at first glance is pretty ugly fish, right? But they have such a beautiful spine. And, like, stuff in the back. And these things are uglier, and they have nothing. <laughs> you know, they're just, <laughs> they like, like. They're
2: built upside down. <laughs> <laughs> built upside down.
0: And it's not even about the beauty. The thing is out-competing our regular, more native species. You it's know, like a, a it's, fish that got glitched out. Yeah,
1: there's no natural predator. I mean, some of the biggest fish I catch don't even come close to no, what these things are. 99-pound carp. And they're not going to go after it, you know, even if they were size for size. What is it Was a pike going to eat a, you know? No. Yeah, not at all.
0: But this is one of those things that, you know, we could use more, you know, federal regulation. Right. And, you know, or legislation to get rid of them. You know, it's... it's. I think it's time to start making a, a push back down, though. And
1: I'm saying make it this barrier, now this barrier, now this barrier, now this barrier. At least gain us some room. I don't see why that wouldn't work. I just don't understand. You, well, they you close off an area like, and you,
0: you get rid of them in that area.
3: But
1: uh, how, how do you close up a waterway?
0: How do you not let you know all of these main shipping routes? How do you close them up?
1: Mm, I don't know. I, winter time's got to be a good time to do it. I can't imagine they're pushing as many
0: ships through. You and know, th- the fact of the matter is, like yes, like fishing and all that stuff reduces the numbers greatly. Like you know, when you just put a you know open season on them, you know, re- reduces the numbers so greatly. But it's never going to get them all because no. these things will outcompete the fishermen tenfold. Well,
2: another thing too is when they lay eggs, and you know, the eggs they float down or. I don't know. Do they cling to things? Do they cling to like vegetation yeah, or are I, they floating down?
1: No, I don't think they're floating down. I thought you did something on this. What? About the eggs, the way they attach themselves to things. Didn't you do a story on this once? No. I don't think so. Oh, okay. But next week. We can. Yeah, next we week. gotta think of something for next week. You got any ideas? Um Fishy hmm. Phil might come on. Oh really? yeah, so yeah he was nice. talking about it. So Yeah, I'd like to hear I'd like to talk to him, see I what think he's to got see going. Again. I haven't seen him in a long I time. I think yeah, we should right. do
0: so my greatest question in fishing was when can you start? Like you know, you know, ice out start. I mean, not ice fishing. Oh, ice out, you can start. Yeah, but it's like, so what? You know, tactics. I think, I think tactics. Oh, would be
1: slow, first. slow and deep. You know, the water's still cold. Slow and deep. You get if you get uh, if you get the warm days, you get like a random seventy degree day, and you got ice out. You know, you can do shallow, shallower bays for pike. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like while I, you were, by the way, I was looking in that while I run, did I send you that link or no, by Yeah. while I run. Yep. That's so,
2: like very, very, that's next month.
1: Ah, uh, starting next month. Starting next it, month. They say the height of it's like in April, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Like my and, whole thing, like I'm a huge pike guy. I did not know pike season was like ice out. Did I had no idea?
1: Yeah. Ice out. And then right before ice in really, you know, those are the two best times.
0: The fishing is not really my main squeeze, but, um, I think it's going to be partly this year yeah you got to do it more this year you know yeah.
2: pat always caught fish too you yeah know he that? was one of those guys too no. you know he always jigging a twister you're out there all day there. all day
1: yeah it, so that's the funny thing when you fish with these guys when you ask hey pat are, are they any you know are they biting today which you just the question you actually ask is are they biting on a jig and twister tail <laughs> <laughs> just so that's, so that's the same idea. thing with bill when you ask bill oh yeah is, are they biting today the question you just asked is, are they biting on a white maps? White maps all day. <laughs> and the answer is, no, they're not. So what he just answered was, no, they are not biting a white maps today. Yeah. <laughs> I remember
0: when I was a kid and I started using those that, you know, I'm pretty sure it was dad that said that they will, you know, that will catch anything that swims. Yep. And he's right. He's, so if I've, you want I've to test Bill, the water. I've seen Bill catch everything.
1: Everything between a rattle trap. Ten percent of the time, and a
0: white maps ninety percent of the time. I got Nick going um, this year on jig and Twister tail. Yeah, it he was throwing huge smallmouth. Yep. smallmouth. I mean, like it's uh, the other thing I'm coming back around to pretty quick is crankbaits. I'm I'm like me too. Probably going to be primarily a crankbait guy. I got not you. in Illinois, but.
1: I got you going on jigging twister tails twenty years ago.
0: Yeah, it was a long time. But then you know th- the great thing about those too is you could snag them on anything, pop them off, and you only lost like five cents. Yeah, and, you know. Or if you buy if you buy the ones that the hooks bend out, yeah. I used to bend yeah. the hooks back. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to get these red ones where they would pretty much bend straight, and then you just bend it back, and away you go. You know. So I am one thing I have been working on. I'm having
1: a hell of a time. I'm trying to get t-shirts on Printify. I'm trying to link it over so the the Squarespace website, you can click shop and it goes to Printify. We're having a hell of a time figuring that out. But uh hopefully by you might maybe even by the time this podcast comes out, if not the next one, hopefully, you'll be able to go down and Printify and buy the deer meat shirts and the we love fat chick shirts. So 20 bucks, that's what I got the price at, you know. Mm-hmm. So what what can we do to
0: get you to fish for food this year? So well, that's
1: what I'm gearing up. I just showed him, didn't you just see the thing I showed him?
0: Yeah. Walleye. I- Oh, I I, I I thought I thought you were strictly catching really.
1: Nice. I called DNR and uh warned them that the Kankakee River will not have any walleye left in it when we're done <laughs> this year. Oh, you, you yeah.
2: gave him a
0: heads up. Yeah, I gave him a heads nice up. I know a place to catch a record. So, I'm not going to say it. I'm, and A million other people know it too, but
1: Oh, we're going to so we're going to do a lot of at least I am uh drive up I'm gonna, I want to motor up to the state line and then drift all the way back
0: for walleye. Yeah, walleye is like my biggest gray area. Like you catch one and you're surprised and it's great but to go actually go out and actively fish walleye I pretty much have He's the he's nice. my walleye guy, yeah, you know?
2: I like fishing for walleye.
0: Yeah, he's good at it too.
2: It's kind of boring, but it's
1: Yeah, but it's fun.
0: Bush light makes everything fun. <laughs> hey, but, <yeah>. By <laughs> the way, your fun was very convincing by the way.
1: Uh, by the way, Bill did bring ice cold Bush Light. You were very good at this. You're very good at this. Got it. Anyway, that's all I have this week. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's all we got. Thanks all for right. having me back. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, See I you hope next to week. I hope yeah, hope to How have are you doing
0: mantras huh said so are you going to do any of your like if you can hear this oh yeah we didn't say that did we no, i mean i think we say it in the intro but if you can hear this podcast that means you can be on it and what do you got to do jim email
1: us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com visit us online gee that's uh, simple we uh it is simple it's so simple um we've also got a tournament you can enter um, tournament answer you can enter i uh send you a fly if you come up with a topic you know there's a whole video on that it takes about three minutes to watch it and you learn everything you got to know so that's it that's uh, it
0: we got to we do a segment on that boat that you're getting
1: i emailed the guy and it still hasn't shipped built sitting in front of him he, ain't, he hasn't shipped it yet i'm very upset about it i remember when thing.
0: you were saying that and i'm thinking february's a long ways off and it's here it was probably supposed to be it. here by now. Yeah. He probably oh. can't find a
1: truck to get it here. It's That's why I teased him. I said, What are they I all mind. in Canada? You know. Yeah. <laughs> it Sounds like
0: you could tow that thing with the lawn tractor. I mean it's Yeah. But uh he's got it he says it's built
1: and sitting in front of him, he just can't get the shipper to ship it this way. So oh. well yeah.
0: when we get it we'll do we'll do something on it. But Oh yeah.
1: will yeah. be I'm gonna have a video, all that stuff. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks, so Thank you.